I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to The Nonprofit Reframe. Happy June. What? I know. Holy shit. How did that happen? I don't know. I wasn't here for it. (laughs) (laughs) So we are recording this on Monday, May 24th, in preparation for it to be released on Monday, June 7th. Sounds right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So hopefully you all had um, nice Memorial Day breaks. We're going to take one, which is why we are recording this early. Um, We just finished our crypto episode, so now we get to shift brains, talking about some new things. Um, But I think more than anything, June signals the real beginning of summer. It does. It does. What does that mean for the Wilson family this year? Well, that means that we invested in a small but fairly big pool. (gasps) What? Did you know about that? No! Look at that. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's it's still inflatable, but it's 15 feet. (gasps) When is it open? (laughs) Well, hopefully by the time this airs. I'll be there. Okay. Okay, yeah, we'll float. Maybe we'll do an episode. Can we record from in the, the pool? pool? <laughs> Coming to you live from the Wilson's backyard. <laughs> I am so excited for you and me. <laughs> yeah, so a couple weeks ago, this is actually a funny story you'll appreciate. We, I decided all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we need something. We need a pool. It's going to be hot mm-hmm. and something that the kids can splash around in. And we have quite a few friends that have more not permanent they don't stay up all year long but you know like more uh structured pools that they put up during the summer that are deep and you can Mm -hmm. you know do all sorts of things in so this is not that we wanted to have something in between and i found it on i found someone who had it in broomfield you know in a neighboring town and so one night i was told the whole family get in the car we're going to drive and go buy this pool from this person. So we drove, you know, I found it on the Facebook marketplace. And, you know, I was like, we have to get it quick before he sells it to somebody mm-hmm. else because these things go yeah. fast, you know. And so we drove all the way out there and got it. And this really nice man came out and gave it to us. He was probably, I don't know, 23, 24. Aww. And Olive was not having it. <laughs> She was so skeptical. Like, why would he just have that pool in his house and it's not even opened and he lives in an apartment? Like, where was he going to put it? And where do you think he got it from? And a little Harriet the Spy right there. I'm like, we don't care. Just put it in the back of the car. She's like, there's something to be investigated here, mom. Right. Like, this fell off the back of a truck somewhere. And now, you know, we're... We're helping them break the law. I mean, there absolutely was nothing shady about it. Um, But seriously, I didn't care in the moment. It's like, we got ourselves a pool. Let's just get going. Oh, my gosh. This is thrilling. This is the best news I've had in weeks. I'm so glad that you're this happy about it. 
we talked about it all last summer and there wasn't anything to find. And my I husband know, certainly nothing. wouldn't let me have anything on his beautiful yard. I know. Your, your, your backyard is too pretty. That'll ruin that right up. I almost got into the pond with the koi last summer. It was awful. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> I know. I know. And what I really have wanted is a hot tub, but those are a little cost prohibitive at the time. And so I'm like, you know what? We'll get this pool that I think is like a one time, like a one summer use. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have to do some more investigating to see if there's a way. I'm just worried that the dog's going to try to jump in it and then pop it. Well, the j- dog will absolutely jump in it. There's no way to avoid that. Uh, it's the popping that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Can I get so, in there it you before the dog does? Yes. So I can at least try it once before it's broken. <laughs> I'm getting a cover for it. So hopefully that'll... A cover for the inflatable pool. I love it. Totally. It's 15 feet. It's big. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could put floaties. I think we'll be able to put floaties side by side. Yeah. While we record. Right. <laughs> Do you, Can we get those little like floating drink holders too? A hundred percent. Oh my God. This summer is going to be lit. <laughs> So what does summer mean for you? God, nothing like that. Well, it does now. True. Uh, I I have no idea right now. I have no plans. Uh, Fire season's kicking off. So my husband's Mm. already got trips and stuff. Trips. (laughs) Like he's going on vacation to a fire. Right. He's got a relaxing two days in (laughs) Grand Junction where he'll be fighting some fires. Um, But no, I I have nothing planned right now besides just like work and stuff. Um, And now a pool. Now a pool. God, I'm excited. There is a monthly membership fee. I'll pay it. we can work that out. (laughs) Whatever it is, I'm in. I'm like your friend. You know, I've told you, I want three best friends. One who is a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. One who does hair. Mm -hmm. And one that owns a boat. Um, I'm that friend, it sounds like, for you. (laughs) You're like, I want a friend that has a big enough pool that I can like. That seriously, like bucket list right there. Check. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh, now there's so much pressure to setting it up well and not messing it up. Yes, I will comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. Um, because this is still the 24th of May and I was gone this past weekend for my birthday and my family surprised me with something when I came home and I thought it was going to be the pool. I thought they would have set it up and like gotten the whole backyard ready. That would have been smart. That, it would have been smart. Wow, Gabriel. That did not. No, no, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> he, um, they completely surprised me and refinished my hardwood floors. Oh. They look uh amazing that that's amazing so a big huge warm shout out to my husband and his best friend justin who worked all weekend um they're oh my gosh they're like so beautiful i'm just gonna say gabriel and justin i would have preferred the pool be ready but uh (laughs) next time next time (laughs) so yeah that was a great surprise All right, so people, this is our second episode in a row recording. You never really know what's going to happen. But we decided that we are going to do this episode on... Returning to work. Which is just perfect timing as we discuss your new pool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, we know a lot of our listeners um, are looking at that cliff of having to return to work soon. Some of you never left. So I want to be very clear how much we appreciate those of you who have been working nonstop in the office, dealing with COVID risks, et cetera. I mean, hero status right there. But for those of you who have been working from home for the last year, maybe you've started going back part-time. Maybe that's coming down the pike soon. Maybe you're already back full-time. And we know it's just a big topic of consideration. People are grappling with a lot. They are. And, you know, now that we've had in some states, at least that happened in uh, Colorado, where the CDC, you know, came up with their new guidelines and then our um, both state and local um, people, what do you call that? Government agencies. (laughs) There we go. Government um, made up of people, uh, you know, went along with it. And so now they have lifted mask mandates and more people in being able to, if you're vaccinated, be indoors without masks on. So I think it's been really fascinating to see how different companies have started navigating that of, okay, does that mean it's okay for us? How do the employees and staff feel about it? And um, there definitely seems to be people on the the whole spectrum, right? Yep. And there's people who are like, let's just get this back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. Let's get everybody back in the office. And we should all be there and doing in person. And it's so much more effective in person. And then there are those people on the other side that – have maybe weren't used to working at home but have spent a year really perfecting it Mm -hmm. feel like they're maybe even more productive at home that they than they ever were in the office Mm -hmm. um and don't really want to go back well i think we we've also hit on this a few times it's like the rebalancing of life like Mm -hmm. there's been some real benefits to being home and having kids around more or being more present with your pets or spouse or home chores. I mean, like there, there have been some real shifts that um, have had positive impacts on people's lives that they don't want to lose or at least don't want to lose abruptly. Well, I know at the beginning when we went into quarantine, um, I felt a real loss of my commute, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even know I valued that much. In fact, if somebody had asked me about it beforehand, I probably would have said, no, I'd rather prefer to work somewhere five minutes away from my house than 30 minutes. But then I realized when I didn't have it anymore, but I was still working, that that commute did a lot for me. It signified either like, okay, leave home behind, get ready for work or leave work behind, get ready for home. Mm some transition time mentally to get into that right headspace, um, time to process, yeah. time for silence, <laughs> to have no- nobody talking to me. Um, but now, here we are a year later, and I'm like, oh, I actually have to like get ready and like get out the door yeah. at a certain time and then plan that commute. And now there's people on the road again. So traffic's a real thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems just like a huge pain in my ass. Yeah. One of the things that I hated the most in my pre-COVID life was um, I would a lot, I have a lot of my clients in Boulder, and so I would schedule Boulder days. But then there'd be these weird gaps. So I'd be on site with a client from one to two, and then not again with another client from three to four. So I have this like hour of just hangout time, and I was always like, what do I do? Where do I go? I don't have a physical office here. 
And I've just scheduled my first like in-person day back with clients. And I've done that to myself again. I have an hour and a half of just like limbo between meetings. Yeah. Hate that. Yeah, which if you're at home, you just fill that hour and a half up back to back to back to back to back. Totally. So, But that is also another nice thing. Like in person, I would always have at least walking time between client meetings. You know, there'd be some sort of transition. You, You typically aren't booked back, you know, hour one, two, three, four, five, six all day long. And with work from home, you totally are. I mean, that happens to me right. on the regular, and I hate it. Right. I know. It's, there's so many pros and cons. And um, so now we're coming back to work, and maybe not everybody is coming back, or maybe people are coming back at different days. Mm-hmm. And so there's the consideration of, well, how do we hold meetings if yeah. it's more than just two people and they happen to be there together? What if it's six people and two people are there, but four people are at home? Yeah. And so are you doing Zoom meetings in your office Mm -hmm. at work? And then could you just do that at home? Right. Yeah, I've been grappling with that a bit too. You know, there's been this excitement for certain groups to get back together. Like there's some committees that I just love, like really fun people. I'm excited to see them all in person again. And then you know, people have shifted their lives. So now they're traveling or maybe they live out of the area part of the year because they could. And so that one person can't be there. Well, how do we integrate them in a meaningful way? It's much harder when most of us are all together in person and you have one person off site. Because I'll tell you what I don't want to go back to. And that is everybody's in a conference room except for you and you're calling in. Oh my God. Yeah. And half the time they it don't sucked. have the right equipment, so it's literally somebody's phone on speaker in the middle. Yeah, you can't hear yep. anything. You can't break in and speak. It sucks. It sucks. You're trying to say something, and everybody's talking at once, and they can't hear mm-hmm. you. And yeah, it's you definitely do not feel a part of it. I mean, that is one thing that Zoom has really done for us is allowed us to have these remote meetings where you have everybody truly in attendance. Yeah. That's a lot to grapple with. Um, and I think it also points to like the ongoing fucking technology needs of nonprofits. Mm. Okay, if if I've got nonprofits coming to me right now saying you are going to save a dollar by canceling your Zoom premium subscription, I got a few words for you. Yeah. Like th- this is not the time to like suddenly cut back. We need to actually increase our investment because we are going to have more of these hybrid situations from here on out. It's true. I mean, I really don't think, depending on the industry that you're in, um, I don't think it's ever going to truly go back to the way it was. There's always, I mean, I think now we've just proven that people can work from home. And so it's going to give more flexibility one way or the other, Mm -hmm. at least with someone. And, um, you know, it's such a thorn in my side with nonprofits not wanting to invest in the proper tech that they need in order to be efficient, Mm -hmm. to be successful, to look professional. Yeah. And we've all been forced to invest in some stuff this last year that maybe we wouldn't have before. And I think your question is valid, is are now we going to use that, oh, we're coming back in in person so we can cut that line item. 
Well, and I think this is where we can also look to what schools have done. Uh, my, I was just talking to my sister about this. She's a first grade teacher. And so she's been teaching hybrid now for two months. I think they went back like early April. And so the tech has totally shifted. She's got a camera on her. There's a camera on the classroom. She's in front of a screen so she can see the kids at home. The kids in the classroom can see the kids at home on a projector. Like that's what our board meetings should look like. Right. That's how we ensure people are truly integrated when they aren't on site with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's also, <laughs> at least I've heard, a lot of, okay, well, if we're not coming back full time, if you're not going to be there five days a week, then do you really need an entire office oh, yeah. to yourself? Mm-hmm. So office sharing, I feel like, is going to become more common. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm hearing that from a lot of folks, too. Um, And I think this is, you know, if I were to give an overarching theme in all of this, this is where, like, actually having open dialogue with your employees about what they need is what's going to be most helpful. Um, I I read an article recently that said, like, the ideal in terms of productivity and happiness is two days a week in person. Interesting. Yeah. And so that that would allow for the sharing of offices and sharing of spaces. And there has to be then tools that make that work. So on-site lockers so that mm. when you're not there, you can lock your stuff away. So you're not having to take it home with you and bring it back every time. It's, you know, having the hybrid because that means that you're probably all not going to be on site for staff meetings or department meetings. You've got to wait, have ways that that can all be integrated appropriately. So it requires like a different level of creativity. But the happiness factor seems really, really important right now yes. for employers to be considering. Well, I think at the very like base level, there's quite a few people who balk at any kind of change. Oh, for sure, right? for sure. And so here we are. This is another huge change, and nobody wants to feel rushed into Mm -hmm. it, right? So I think slow rolling the process as much as you can seems to help mitigate people's fears, but then having a clear plan, right? So maybe it's going to take a little bit of time, but there's deadlines or, or timelines that people can count on to know, okay, well, on this date, you know, this should be happening or this should be happening, I, what's tough is that you're trying – I know that organizations are going to be balancing also people's happiness, productivity, um, but also kind of organizational culture. Yep. And that's hard, and a lot of that culture has been – or a new culture has blossomed over the last year of even maybe more – separateness more siloing because people are remote and they're not seeing each other so it makes sense that people or employers or nonprofit leaders are saying okay well we want you to come on site so you can start to see each other and you can have that camaraderie again and feel like part of a bigger team but I know I've definitely heard some pushback of well if we're all not going to be there on the same day anyways right like what's the point I think actually what you just said there is one of the most important things is for leaders of organizations to actually really have kind of the the values alignment around what back to work means and what sorts of things you're trying to institute. Um, I've had a few clients where 
I think might have it might actually be partially that change management piece where there are leaders who are just like, oh, we're all vaccinated. We are back in the office Monday. Welcome on board. And you've got some employees who are, of course, like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And others who are like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> My life isn't ready to be upended like that. And so the employers or the leaders who haven't thought about why are we doing this? Why are we doing it in this way? And not conveying that to employees, they are going to be the ones who have some of the greatest pushback. And and I think I feel like that term culture gets thrown around too often as this catch-all without people really thinking it through. Okay, what right. what does it mean for us to have people on site to develop culture? How is that actually playing out for us? Is it the ability to collaborate easier? Is it camaraderie? Is it something else that we think is going to be created better in person than has been happening at home? Exactly. Well, and I know... There's so many different things to consider. Um, one of them is childcare, mm-hmm. right? And so, as a mom, I'm thinking right now about how, you know, this is all happening right as schools are going to let out for the summer, and that's hard. Like we just got the kids back in school, you yeah. know, and now I feel bad for families and parents whose work is saying, okay, it's time to come back in the office. And they're like, well, I'm just about to lose my only child care. Yeah. And, you know, recognizing that, you know, kids under 12, isn't it, still can't get vaccinated. And so I'm sure people have different thoughts around camps, not to mention those types of opportunities are really expensive. And so once again, we're seeing um, a change in the work status And it's this juggling act of like, what do we do so I can be at my job, but also um, have childcare options? Yeah, that is such an important thing to consider. I mean, how many employers are just not actually family friendly (laughs) when they do stuff like this? I mean, all everything you said is spot on, like vaccinations for kids and families being comfortable, but also. I've seen where a lot of summer camps, especially day camps, have limited sizes because of some of these. And so you can't even get your kid a slot, even if you want them in these spaces. And so, again, nonprofit leaders need to be really having open and honest conversations about this. We're coming up with scenarios that either we're experiencing or our friends experience. And there are so many other permutations of what people have been dealing with over the last year that could make that transition more difficult. I'm thinking about like my mom who actually has long haul COVID symptoms. Um, and she's she's a business owner, so it's a little different. But if she was in a traditional work environment and they were like, okay, Lara, you're back to work Monday, 40 hours a week, she, she physically couldn't do it. Like it's just right. not an option. And so if we want to maintain our workforce, if we want to ensure employees stay, we have to come up with alternatives. Yeah. And that's hard to coordinate when you have so many people involved. Exactly. I mean, I think that's probably why so many people don't do it, because it's a ton of work. (laughs) Who's got time for that when you're running a nonprofit? Yeah. And I think, too, um, people, I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, are nervous about, you know, like if my employer comes to me and says, okay, Brittany, like, what do you want to do? It's hard for me to decide because I don't want to get stuck into one schedule. Yeah, totally. It's the because flexibility. I'm not really. Sh- 
because I don't know really know how things are going to pan out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, can and that's kind of what I've told my staff over the next month. Let's just use the rest of May and June as a practice. Mm-hmm. Come in once or twice, uh, I mean, like once or twice a week, pick different days, find what works best for you, you know, figure out. I've got one staff member, and I think this is something to remember too, who has never worked in the office. We hired. Oh, yeah. We hired her during COVID, and so she's never had to do the commute. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who knows what that looks like for her. So um, if you have, like we were talking about, a longer time to slow roll into it, and you can allow people to kind of um, play with it yeah. and see what works best, mm-hmm. I know that can ease some of those fears, too, mm-hmm. around coming back. On the other side of that, I've seen um, some of my friends and colleagues um, come up with kind of fun, like, back-to-work gift baskets for employees. Ooh. I know. I really love that idea. I want one. I'm... What's in them? <laughs> you know you have a team. You would be the one giving them. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Ooh, well, what's in them? Maybe I'll get them for my team. Well, I saw one, and it was kind of like, you'll miss your home comforts, so here are some of your favorite things. And it was clearly somebody who knew their employees well. And it was like, your favorite brand of tea, and your favorite this, that, or the other. And um, one of them, like, little fans or heaters, <laughs> you know, if you're always too hot yeah. or too cold in your office. Um, I, I thought, that obviously, that was one of the most thoughtful. But then there have also just been fun, you know, everybody loves a gift, gift basket. That's adorable. I did, I had a friend telling me she doesn't work for a nonprofit. It doesn't matter. She works for this company that has decided they want to try to make coming back to the office a magnet, yep. not a mandate. Mm-hmm. So how do we create office a office environment that people actually want to come yeah. to versus saying you have to come? Totally. I love that way of thinking. Wouldn't it be amazing if all employers thought that way, actually? Yeah, and then they would all have pools. Oh, my God. I could work every day if there was a pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brittany, as you're thinking about transitioning back, what's one thing you are hoping to maintain from last year and one thing you want to get rid of? Oh, I love these kinds of questions. I usually ask these questions. Um. One thing to maintain, one thing to get rid of. Like, just in the context of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I would like to maintain, so believe it or not, um, my department, I feel like, has been one of uh, the lucky ones that has really gotten closer over mm-hmm. this last mm-hmm. year. So um, we had people that had flexible flexible schedules anyways before COVID. And so we would not always be in the office all the time together. And, you know, being at home and on Zoom, everybody could jump on a Zoom call whenever we had it. So I just feel like we have um, gotten closer, gotten to know each other better, and have really put some systems in place that I'm excited to see now just in progress every day Mm -hmm. and um i would love to be able to maintain that nice i like that um and one thing to get rid of Mm -hmm. is that what you said yeah your cat jumping on the desk in the middle of recording that's exactly right (laughs) 
it started off really cute um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. now it's just super annoying. <laughs> he just has radar. He knows exactly when I am on a conference call or a video call. Mm-hmm. And he's jumping. I was telling the girls the other day about it, about how he'll be sitting on my lap so people can't see him. And then all of a sudden a paw will come up <laughs> and caress my face. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. So, what about you? Oh gosh, um, you know, I think actually because of you know the pet interruptions, the kid interruptions, all of the things that happen at home, we, I feel like we've almost accepted a different level of humanity that each of us mm-hmm. have. Um, I was just thinking about this because I I had a call this morning and the person I was calling didn't answer. And she calls me back 15 minutes later and she is so massively apologetic because she got involved in like a house project, painting her deck. And she kept apologizing, oh, apologizing. I was like, I did. I've done that. Yeah. And it's totally fine. Like that's real life. Yeah. And those are the pieces that I want us to retain. Like the, the strictness of professionalism. Like let's just, sh- let's continue to shed that and accept yeah. that we are all people and we're going to miss Zoom calls, and that's okay. And we're going to have real life happen. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so that's what I want to maintain. What I would love to get rid of, mm, it's so funny. I feel like in the early days of the pandemic, I was like, oh, I've got so much more time. I'm not commuting. I'm not driving between meetings. But then I ended up just booking out my days. Yes. And I thought about that, too. I I genuinely don't know how I'm going to make that shift back. Like, as I'm starting to have some in-person things happen, like, what does my schedule look like that allows that to occur? How do I find the better balance so that I'm not in Zoom meetings all day, like today, where I realized I literally have no lunch break? Even though my kitchen is literally below me, there's no time for me to go eat lunch. So I need to figure out how to get rid of that. Um, And I don't really know how to and I know our listeners are going to be like you just do it Nia and fuck you (laughs) (laughs) that happens to me all the time where I'm shoving food in my mouth in between trying to turn the camera off for the first two minutes of a meeting just so I can shove food in my mouth totally and um in the level of fatigue after seven eight straight hours of zoom yeah is like nothing else oh my god yeah speaking of zoom fatigue um i can't remember if we mentioned this or not but i've just seen it now with a number of clients they've had events i had a training recently i did and clearly people are at their limit they're like if we're not doing this in person i just can't and you know the weather's getting nicer why be stuck in your house on a zoom so i am really excited for some in-person things and actually being able to connect just socially with people. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about like, you know, those relationships that are really professional, but at the same time, you know a little bit about their real lives. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I've missed, right? Like we haven't set up happy hours after work on Zoom. We, right. we haven't found ways to connect. And yet those are still meaningful. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited because um, by the time this episode airs, the very next day is my first hybrid event. Ooh. hmm And we will have 
met at your house for one of our committee meetings. Yes, we will. So um, I do see potentially an episode in the future and or at the very least an update about hybrid events because um, I think, you know, we've been talking about them for a while. I know some people who have done them already, um, but there's many, 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 many more people planning on doing them in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, particularly what your point is about this being the summer We've mm-hmm. had the mask mandates lifted. People are wanting to do more in-person things. And so we're trying to accommodate both, you know, by having maybe a smaller in-person thing and then online. But is the online community even still want to show up? Mm-hmm. That's funny you say that. I was just talking to one of my friends. Um, she lives in a different state. So their, like, timelines around vaccinations were a little different. So her, she's, like, just getting her second dose this week. Okay. And so she was like, yeah, I'm feeling left out because things are starting to happen and I can't yet. And also, I'm not sitting on that Zoom. So like, don't create a hybrid for me because I'm not doing it. Right. (laughs) Right. I know. It may not work out. Mm -hmm. So to be continued, listeners, you'll find out if my event fell flat or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we'll we'll have a a good turnout in person as much as we can. Um. But we'll see. I just bought my first tickets for like an in-person show. And that was like such an internal signal of like, it's it's happening. We're coming out of this. (laughs) I did too. I'll tell you yours if you tell me mine. Okay. Wait. I don't know yours. I can't tell you yours. I can tell you mine though. (laughs) No. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I'm sending it to you telepathically. You can't pick it up? No. I don't know. Okay, what is yours? Um, we're going to go see our favorite comic, Kyle Kinane, at the Boulder Theater this November. That's so exciting. Yeah. And yours? We are going to go see Dead & Co. Oh, fun. At Fiddler's Green in Aww. October. I bet your husband is just itching. It's been a long time. Oh, my gosh. He's beyond excited. Um, live music. I know. It's going to be good. Wait, it will be good. (laughs) All right. Well, we, once again, we want to hear from you. We want to know what, what are you struggling with um, as you think about returning to work? Have you been mandated to go back to work or are they creating a magnet at work that makes you want to come back? And if you're a supervisor or a leader, you know, what does that look like with um, the people that you supervise and how have you tried to balance everybody's feelings around it um i just we want to hear it all and you can let us know by emailing nonprofitreframe at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram and our direct messages are open and please support your not your local nonprofits um if you have capacity please give and give generously thanks folks We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.